0: We're going to do the alphabet game but it has to be words in the Bible. It could be a name of a book, it could be places, na- uh names of people or characters in the book, but it has to be in the Bible. I'll go first. Abraham, uh Baal, uh Cain, Deuteronomy, uh Ephesus,
1: uh 1 Corinthians.
0: Mm, I'll give it to you. Yeah, you better. Uh, um uh, I almost said Gilgamesh. Uh, G- uh, Gehenna.
1: <laughs> Holy holiness.
0: Uh, in in mm, that's cheating. I was gonna say inside because Jesus, inside you. Um. <laughs> uh, wow. Why is this so hard? I mean, I could. I know that there's words like in.
1: In incense
0: or yeah, incense. Like that? Um, Thank you. I, yeah. I already lost, but let's keep that is doing. that is a hard one. surprisingly. I was not surprised. I was not expecting that one to be a difficult one.
1: Yeah. Um. J. Oh. Uh, Jonah.
0: Uh. Kings.
1: Lamentations.
0: Mount Sinai. Nehemiah. Yep. Orpa.
1: Proverbs. Crap. Oh, it did fall on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. There's got to be a Q. Quiet. I think,
1: yeah, quiet. I was going to say quench, like, uh,
0: you know, oh, yeah. thirst that
1: cannot be quenched or something. Um, R. I'm trying to stay in books of the Bible. Uh, Ruth. Samuel. Yeah. Ooh, Titus.
0: Oh. You.
1: Oh, man. I keep um,
0: getting all the hard ones.
1: You could say Understanding.
0: Yeah, that's not necessarily like lean, like, specifically a biblical word, but we've had to break the rules. Understanding. Um, I know there's people with the names that start with you in the Bible. Uh under yeah, understanding. We'll we'll do this again and we can't have repeats <laughs> next time. This is this is interesting. So V
1: uh, Verily. Oh, there we go. <laughs>
0: Water of life.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: X Pink Esther. Xerxes.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Right.
0: Uh, Yolk. And Z? Zealous or? Oh, I was thinking Zachariah. Uh, uh, Welcome, neighbors, to another episode of the Praise and Broship Podcast, where two best friends and deconstructed Christians deconstruct praise and worship music, as well as other forms of Christian and secular media. As former praise and worship musicians and students of theology, we will do our best to bring you lighthearted, informative, and hopefully insightful conversation to you each week. My name is Luke. I'm coming at you from Florida. I am joined by my best friend, CJ, coming to you from Louisiana. Yo. And we like to check in with each other at the beginning of each episode. So, CJ, how's your walk?
1: Everything's good, man. Uh, but I do have a confession.
0: Okay, good, me too. Or more, mine's more of a rant, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs>
1: Forgive me, Luke, for Uh-oh. I want to always be in control of the radio whenever I'm in a car. Even if it's not my car, I'm not driving. I have to be in control of the radio. And it's a problem. And I recognize that it's a problem. And I need some guidance on how to get past that.
0: Uh, immersion therapy? Like
1: I just think well, I just think that I have better taste in music than everyone else. So of course, I, you I do. mean, is it um, is it a pride thing?
0: Yeah, there's some there's some a, a bit of narcissism going on in that in that because I don't like a lot of the music that you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it uh, is
1: objectively better than your music, right? Uh, ouch. <laughs> um, I than, I do though. In all seriousness, yeah. I, it is like a problem where I want to have control of the radio i think it's just
0: (laughs) i think next time that uh we get together we should all get into the car together and we each get to we go in rotation where i'll pick a song britney picks a song uh tracy picks a song then i pick a song britney picks a song and tracy picks a song (laughs) and then i pick a song and britney picks a song and tracy picks a song and you just never get to pick (laughs) And that's your immersion therapy. Just yeah, just like just cut it <laughs> out cold turkey. Just completely <laughs> cut you out of the out of the loop.
1: Like you know what would be even worse is if like you let me, you know, grab the phone and like add my song to the queue, but then when you got the phone back, you delete it.
0: Yeah. The, the or song. or what would be even worse is if you get to hear the first like note or chord of the song and write no <laughs> skip it. Would be so, I would I would be like, look, I'm just hitchhiking.
1: Just let me out right here. I know it's dangerous, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> that would be, oh, that's man. like that episode of Game Changer when they're yeah. fucking with Brennan, you know, yeah. with the birds That's what gave me stuff. the idea, yeah. Um, oh, God, that's so funny.
0: The one thing that, um, on that same note of, of the same topic, for years— Britney had one playlist that whenever she got control of the music, she would play this one playlist. And it's the same, it was the same, like, 20 songs. And some of them are, like, from the 50s. Some of them are from TV shows. It's just random-ass stuff. <laughs> and it it would, so There was some good stuff on there, but it was just, it's like there was no, I don't, not theme, but well, there, it was just all over the place. And I did tell well, her once Tracy... about- uh, Oh, sorry, real quick. I told her about the uh, Discover Weekly on Spotify, and I think it's really opened up her horizon for new music. Yeah,
1: yeah, I love that feature on Spotify for sure, Uh, because it does it. It kind of keeps your keeps you open to to new stuff, and or not necessarily new chronologically, but just new to you. But Yeah. yeah, like Tracy's very much similar in the way that she. We'll just latch on to certain songs and just play the mess out of them. And my desire to control the radio goes back before Tracy and I were together. So it's it's not – I'm not saying that's her fault. But I do – it's like, oh man, I just want to listen to different stuff. I don't want why to know? listen to the same you know, half a dozen songs uh, over and over. But uh, I get why people don't want me to control the radio because I like to listen to like softer, slower stuff too – and so, when you're driving, that might not be the best thing for people to listen to. And
0: but you think anyway, a lot of depressing that's what, that's stuff, too. That's my confession.
1: Too. Well, yeah, that, that's my that's what I'm trying to... That's what I'm kind of getting at, is a lot of the stuff that I listen to is heavy, you know? And, and people don't want to listen to that. They don't really care about the lyrics as much as I do. Not when I'm driving. Not, they don't care about all of the different elements on the production, and they just want to listen and enjoy and it's hard sometimes for me to detach from that but yeah how are you man how's it been going <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so yeah let's uh, let's let me go on uh not so much a confession but a little bit of a rant mhm i hate when you're in a group of people and it's so it's almost like a social contract where there's something that you have to do and you're the jerk if you don't do it like mm-hmm. when someone was like uh, someone gets out their phone. I was like, "All right, everybody, get together. Let's take a picture." I'm just like, "I don't want to. It's 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 fake. It's like not.
1: <laughs>
0: it, I, I'm at work right now. I don't want to take a picture with everybody. <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah. You know, like if we were, uh, <laughs> if we were out doing like a group activity together, maybe. But even then, I'm like, what's the point? You're not going to go back and look at this, and until your phone makes an album for you of memories from this year and then you might see it but you're not going to go back and look at it. it's like people who watch fireworks through their their phones because they put it on fucking facebook don't get me started (laughs) on fireworks that's another rant um but but yeah it's just like i it's like well why don't you want to take a picture it's like well because i'm i don't i'm an adult and i don't want to that's that's enough reason for me (laughs) why you're you're the one manipulating and guilting me and bullying me into this and i'm the bad guy for not wanting to come on like (laughs) really (laughs) but i end i always end up giving in because i want to appear like i'm a good person even though i don't (laughs) i don't think that i i usually am so yeah oh man like we had to we had to take submit pictures for a company directory because we have labs all over the the country and and uh, out a couple outside of the country i'm just like none of these people need to know what I look like? I'm never, probably never, going to see them. And if I do, they'll see my face. Then, if they need to contact me, they know how to contact me. I don't, I don't understand why I need to submit a picture for this. But again, I did because I'm a coward. Didn't stand up for <laughs> myself.
1: Did you? Did your church growing up have a church directory? Yes. Oh man, those were fun.
0: And at first, I submitted my uh, my face app like old old face picture, and my manager was like, "Seriously." What's this? Come on. I'm like, hey, that's how I identify. I'm a grumpy old man. Um, <laughs> so, but then I gave them a, a boring picture, just just regular old picture of myself. But yeah, I, I didn't even get to like put fun facts about myself because I would have made up stuff. It's yeah. just, you know. And why what, not? You're never going to
1: meet these people.
0: Yeah. What would be a fun fact I should make up? Uh, rhythmic gymnastics enthusiast. Um,
1: one best mustache in show, three years running.
0: But it was fake.
1: Yeah, it was just a fake mustache.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of pictures, I'm having some ups and downs with my painting class. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you've
1: been chronicling uh, that via text message.
0: Yeah, um, I had a really rough time of it last week was the second class. Uh, Tomorrow is my third class. And man, I was really discouraged uh at the end of class and even my instructor was a little bit speechless when he saw it. <laughs> it the best thing he could say is like, well, for if this is your first ever painting class, this isn't terrible. Um <laughs>
1: but I am uh, not th- I'm not throwing up, so it, there's <laughs> that, you know.
0: Actually, I think he said this is pretty good, uh which I think he was being nice. But I appreciate it regardless. But I worked on it yesterday and it actually looks way better. So I I'm I'm it's still going to be the worst picture in the class, but the improvement that I made since last week will, I'll, I'll be most improved for sure. I'll, I'll get that award. <laughs> so, but that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's all that's been going on in my head lately.
1: Sweet. Well, my voice cracked. <laughs> Moving right along, Luke, it's your turn this week to bring a Christian or praise and worship song. So I I'm I'm always scared to ask, but uh what song did you
0: bring for us? Draw me close to you. I don't know if I can even say that much. Uh Draw Me Close to You or Just Draw Me Close <laughs> by Michael W. Smith. Oh,
1: oh. Oh, went with the MWS. Draw me close. Okay, so do you well, we'll talk about it after uh, after we listen to it. So we're going to listen to Draw Me Close by Michael W. Smith. And if you guys want to pause the podcast, listen to that song. Again, we, you know... Uh, probably, what would be more streamlined for you is to listen to the songs at the beginning of the episode, kind of before you start the podcast itself. So, I know, but it would be too <laughs> we late. We keep forgetting to you, We said it at the very beginning; <laughs> it would be too late. But <laughs> yeah, but if it were me, I would probably, you know, kind of reflecting on it. I would probably listen to them as we're listening to them, just because it would be a more immersive uh, experience for for me personally. But anyway. However you want to do it, we're going to listen to Draw Me Close, and we'll be back in just a sec.
0: Welcome back, ladies and men (laughs) and everyone. (laughs) Right as he took a sip. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That was... Somehow that didn't stand out, out to me when I listened to it earlier, but that's that part Oh was... my God,
1: so funny. When he said men, I just <laughs> lost my mind. Man. I don't know why I didn't when he said ladies, but... Oh, God.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, he <laughs> would have been like, ladies. Like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what to do. It's
0: so awkward. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was awkward regardless, but... Well wow, yeah, I that for some reason that I did that did not stand out to me earlier listening to the song, and it hit me <laughs> so, i guess I guess uh, it's just like he
1: he's a touring musician, so they people have heard him. And seeing him live so often with this song that he was able to just say ladies and say men and say everyone and everyone knew what to do. Well, people you are know, used to being like, led
0: in worship in that way, even at church that happened well, all the time. Well, I mean, I I
1: guess, but to me, it, church it almost it seems like, well, like with like, think about someone like Charlie Hall, right? Who who really is like actively engaged with the crowd saying like, he w- Charlie Hall would be more likely to be like, all right, all the lady, all the women. I want you to sing this next part with me, you know. And then, like he would, he would draw you in more by making it a little bit more. He like, would draw
0: <laughs> you close, yeah.
1: <laughs> Less creepy than just you know, going, ladies. Have we
0: have we mentioned before the? the I mean, it's I get it, but it, it is still funny to think about whenever like a praise and worship, uh, song or a praise and worship leader would go and. You know, like the, the, like they're doing the verse and the chorus is coming up and he would just be like, you're all I want. You're all I, you're all I ever needed. You're all <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like, bro, why do we need the PowerPoint behind you? Like you're saying all the lyrics for us. <laughs> Draw me close to you. Draw I, I, and me I,
0: close to you. <laughs> never let me go. Never let me <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and I mentioned Charlie Hall. I mentioned Charlie I know, Hall because so he, funny to me.
0: Oh, he goes man. like
1: even he goes next level with it. Like he'll he'll introduce the next line and then he'll like guide you and tell you how to sing it. You know he'll be like sing this from your hearts and oh, it's yeah. like yeah right, I remember man. that I, I love that I love that whenever I was younger because I was in praise and worship bands and I was impressionable leading and... worship and and it just it. I definitely uh, mimic that a little bit uh, in my younger years, for sure.
0: Um. All right. So, CJ, I want to get into the rest of the song and some other stuff, but first,
1: <sighs> what's the word? Okay. So, not a lot of lyrics here. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. It's a verse and a chorus. They're just repeated. Um, two verses, I guess, if you want to be technical, but. Okay, I'm going to say, it's probably not the lowest song we've ever done, but it's going to be down there. I'll say 53.
0: You almost gave me a heart attack because you're so close. Ooh. It's 50. Oh, what is it? It's 50. 50? Oh, I, I finally th- got th- a I good guess. you were about to say 50, and I was, was going <laughs> to set off fireworks in my living room um and i'm but very ag- like fireworks. yeah i'm so. very against fireworks so that just tells you like how proud of a, 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 how proud of you i was
1: a fireworks in your pants
0: well, that's every night um anyway uh 50 so words dang do you have any idea why i picked this song for this week
1: um it, well is it because valentine's day
0: you tell me why what does this song <laughs> have to do with valentine's day
1: because it's like the quintessential Jesus is my boyfriend uh, praise and worship song.
0: Yeah, and there goes. I mean, the I'm sure there are yep. some
1: that are a little more saccharine, but yeah, this really? one is just like. <laughs> I, I mean, there's some. Oh yeah, there's, some there's, there's pretty a bad ones desperate out
0: there. for you like that one. Does that in this? That yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. That's another song, I think. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, That one's. uh. Breathe. This is the air oh, I breathe. That's right. that's, that's I almost did that yeah, yeah, yeah. one. I
0: almost did that one. Um
1: Oh gosh. But Well, what's funny is I have actually done Jesus or Jessica with Draw Me Close lyrics and with uh Breathe lyrics. Oh wow. So I've two Michael W. Smith songs I've done Jesus or Jessica on. But yeah.
0: So yeah, that's the topic of uh, my section is um yeah, that's just it's it's cringy, right? I mean, it, it's gross. If you're, if, gross, you're if you're man. in it, it makes so much sense. But when you step outside of it, it's gross. Like, it's really weird. Yeah. Let me pull up the lyrics. Uh, yeah. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. Like, ugh. I don't know. It just,
1: it, it, it sounds, it sounds like. Um, it sounds like God left this dude on red, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's like, please just, I'll, I'll do, I'll do anything to, to hear you, your voice again. You
0: you are my desire. Nothing else will do. Nothing else could take your place. Help me find the way bring me back to you. Like,
1: I just want to be your big spoon again. (laughs) I mean, it's (laughs)
0: uh, I, uh, (laughs) I heard uh, Dunk- really I heard Duncan Trussell uh once say that you should get high and listen to Christian music and pretend that you're Jesus <laughs> and and uh and realize how creepy the lyrics are to to be like have this kind of thing sung to you
1: that's a good role play, though. I, I don't even, I mean, no, <laughs> I think it would be fun to get high and do that, but I don't even think you have to, like, get high. Just like. Maybe he didn't put say get yourself... high. Maybe I just threw that
0: in there because well, it's Duncan Trussell. Well, he
1: probably did, it is Duncan Trussell. Yeah. But, like, yeah, just, like, put yourself in that position of, you know, like, God just sounds really. And, and I don't even think it's that God sounds needy. No, but it the, just, the writer it's, of the
0: song sounds needy. The singer of the song yeah, sounds it, needy.
1: But it, it almost sounds like they're overcompensating, right? They're, yeah. they're overplaying this. Like, you're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you You are near. And it's like.
0: But it's so, it, it is, <sighs> it's just not true. <laughs> like, like how, yeah. how many people went to Sunday night service this past Sunday? Who who would, would normally would go? Most people probably didn't, you know, unless there's like a Super Bowl party, but that's usually more for the youth.
1: Maybe I had tickets to the Super Bowl, Jesus.
0: Uh, So, yeah, it's like, oh, well, nothing else could take my place. Okay, but like you you skipped you skipped church to watch football or uh, I was trying to come up with a funnier answer. You get mad that Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. Um, You know, it's just it's it's, again, we come back to this idea a lot. Like maybe it's a meditation, but that's not how I sung it whenever I was in church. It wasn't like a goal. It was something that I was trying to emulate and something that I believed, but my actions didn't align with that belief. You know, there right. were so many other things that I wanted more than to get closer to God. But if you ask me, what what do you want more than anything? It would have been to, to be closer to God and to save souls for Jesus. And yeah. that's another thing too. Like if you really believe that everyone that is not saved is going to eternal torment, why are you doing nothing like anything else besides trying to save people? You clearly don't really believe it that's a this is a right. side note I didn't plan on talking about this, but like if if you if you say if you believe what you say you believe, then every Christian would become a preacher you know or a missionary. There would be no other job for a Christian, but there's other things that are more important to them I mean they're valid things like you know, being able to provide for their family. Absolutely. Like, I'm not trying to say that they shouldn't do that, but they are prioritizing that over saving souls for heaven. Right. So I I do kind of, before I get into the topics that I really wanted to talk about, well, this is the topics that I want to talk about are kind of, you'll see, but I kind of wanted to, I don't know if role play is the right uh, phrase for it, but like, try to justify these lyrics from a Christian standpoint for somebody who didn't go through this experience of 90s and early 2000s Christianity or current Christianity, somebody who's just not a part of the church and hasn't experienced this particular style of praise and worship or writing for praise and worship is what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. you couldn't have explained to me that this was creepy or weird, right? Whenever I was singing this. It, right. it was the most important thing was to praise and worship God. So, like, how do you... I don't even know if I could do it, but like, how would we justify these lyrics to someone who is calling us out for being creepy? So
1: I don't know if you, if you can kind of, if you can really justify it. Uh, And, and I don't know that that would necessarily, the onus would be on you from, from an outsider's perspective. uh, These, these lyrics are just going to look creepy and even from a deconstructed person's perspective like i mean i'm speaking about myself they're they're very creepy but uh i think it was john piper who is uh he's a pastor uh theologian
0: very famous one
1: yeah uh he has the he has this term i'm guessing that he coined the term christian hedonism and so hedonism if you're not familiar is kind of like looking for the ultimate pleasure in things whether it's food or sex or whatever right something anything that brings you joy you're always kind of tracing chasing the dragon trying to find the thing that is going to give you the most joy regardless of the moral quote unquote implications well john piper talks about christian hedonism and how basically because god god has to be glorified right his glory is like number one and we have this this desire to be you know fulfilled and happy and joyful and all those kind of buzzwords we're most um how does he say it god is glorified in us when we are satisfied in him right so basically the god's glory and our joy in him are kind of like linked intrinsically linked and so you see that reflected so much in these Christian lyrics because these are very over the top. They're not just cringy on the surface, right? They're they're so, so deeply rooted in a hedonistic kind of mentality of feasting on the riches and the pleasures of God. And that's, it's I don't something. think John Piper would explain it that way necessarily in those words. God is... Yeah, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him, something like that. Which which sounds nice, you know, and on the surface, but it's like, yo, but this is the result you get. Like these are lyrics that I would feel weird singing to my my partner, my yeah. sexual partner. Yeah. <laughs> like my 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 number one, you know, my one and only kind of thing. I wouldn't even I would be like, listen, babe, I'm sorry. That I'm singing these lyrics to you, you
0: know, like God
1: made me do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: man, that actually segues really, really well into the things that I did want to talk about, but I just wanted to say it's like, well, again if if you if what do you what do you mean by saying that you're all I want, you're all I ever needed, you know, you call me your friend. It's like, well, but isn't for by your own admission isn't the most important thing to save souls? like why are you even singing this song? Go talk to people about Jesus. You know, go help the right. poor. Go take care of orphans, like Jesus said. Go help people and tell them about Jesus. Stop this! What are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's such a—it yeah. seems like such a waste of time, based on what you say is the most important thing. Because if 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 you're worshiping God through your acts too, then like you don't need to sing the song. Go do something for Him. <laughs> you know, go do something for people. You know, right. His people. So. But based on uh, on what you said, you know you wouldn't say this to your to your to your significant other um, because it's weird. And we'll get into it. Uh, the signs of codependency. There's an article mm. that, I, that I read earlier today. Uh, codependency or relationship addiction is an excessive, all-consuming dependency on a specific relationship. So it's more like you're more dependent on the relationship than you are the person. But it the effect is kind of the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure I'll get corrected by that and I'm here for it. Uh most codependent relationships involve some form of underlying dysfunction, such as addiction, abuse, or mental illness. I'm sure that's not always true, but okay. So signs of codependency. Compulsive attention to someone. Uh one of the primary signs this is by WebMD, by the way. So mm. however you if however valid you think they are But I looked at several different articles and they all kind of said the same thing. This one just kind of flowed better with what I wanted, the the things that we were talking about or that I knew we were going to talk about. Uh, One of the primary signs of potential codependency is feeling like you can't live without the other person. People with codependent tendencies often feel a compulsive need to keep themselves connected with the other person. You might feel like the other person is so important to you that you have to hide your real thoughts and opinions to make sure they like you. Uh, we're gonna mm-hmm. keep a we're gonna keep a tally on not only this song but just Christian culture in general. We'll we'll talk about it at the end. Uh, I, I had a thought, but we'll talk about it at the end. Um, but yeah, so check one right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one is uh, th- this song and the and the Christian culture about praise and worship music. Absolutely, uh, compulsive attention to someone, which you could argue is the point. You know what? That thing I was going to say to the end, we can talk about it now. It's like, yeah, like you can't convince a, a Christian who is into this kind of praise and worship that this is unhealthy because they feel like this is the point of being a Christian. This is the point of being alive, right? So, how do you convince them that this is like not good for you mentally? You can't because they think it's great for them mentally. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, a lot of time, a I, lo- I, lo- I mean. I, I don't know what all points you're going to make here with codependency, but like one of the big things with codependency is just like living in it <laughs> and not knowing, you, you know, you're not consciously knowingly like, yeah, I'm codependent for sure. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, so yeah. if someone's called you out on it and says that you're going to be like, no, I'm not. No, we, we start we're, looking up the signs. We, we and synergize. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. We're just in sync with each other. All right. So, uh, point number two: fear of abandonment. Which you would think, how can God abandon you? But that's a real fear. Like, you know, loss of your salvation mm-hmm. could be equated to the fear of of abandonment. Like, oh, I I sinned so bad. I I was so far gone from God for so long. How could He ever let me back into heaven or whatever? It's like, well, that's a whole other topic of penal substitution. Well, and theory, and yeah. even
1: like but, loss of loss of like you know your your. Oh, church family yeah right yeah i didn't know? even think I mean, about
0: that uh yeah loss of if you if you do a specific sin then you could be disowned by your family or your church or your friends
1: right yeah
0: absolutely that's like that's way bigger than the, than the point that i was trying to make so uh yeah thank you for bringing that up because that is absolutely a real fear that if you do something that you, you will be shunned but we had a we had a girl in my church who got pregnant had her baby and no one knew she was ever pregnant She was already a very tiny girl and she just wore sweatshirts and big shirts and jackets and stuff Mm. and was able to hide it. And it wasn't until well afterwards that I think she gave it up for adoption. Maybe I I could be wrong about that. But she was so scared to admit to anybody that she had gotten pregnant, which is like, these are the people that want babies (laughs) to to be birthed, but but only in a certain way. And it's just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's 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 really gross the 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 culture that that comes from this kind of mentality um the okay so point number three lack of external support systems another potential risk factor for codependency is relying entirely on one person for your emotional needs you may not have a large social circle or have any others you feel comfortable spending time with codependent people tend to focus so heavily On one person that they don't have time with other people, don't have time to spend with other people who are important to them. Now, when I first read this, I was like, "Well, that doesn't really fit." Uh, And I'm curious to know what you think. But my my second thought was, "Well, you're not experiencing real life outside of the church. You're not having, you know, if if you really are." going all in with this like you're not getting that secular experience you're not getting outside information it's like an echo chamber kind of thing it's right that's what i was gonna say lack of external support systems like although that can't it's not necessarily a support system it is hearing other voices beside just the same rhetoric from the same people telling you what you should be believing because this is what the bible says so it's not a support system but it is you know it can be translated into the same idea of you need other opinions. Like you need to actually discuss these things and have questions and talk about it, <laughs> not just hear the right, same words over and over.
1: Yeah. That's the thing, you know, is this whole aspect of a lack of external support system, right? The, the problem is that you could say, wait, well, you no, know, I mean, I have a support system. Yeah. My family loves oh, God. And yeah. Loves you me do, and your, your family that goes to church every Sunday with you, uh, your friends who go to church every Sunday with you, uh, your pastor, who's <laughs> the pastor, your, your youth minister, right? And and that's not to say that all Christians are like that. But I mean, if you are doing anything remotely that was similar to what we were doing. Yeah, yeah that, that was
0: totally right, my experience. Then
1: that's, those are all your friends. And then if I had friends that I didn't go to church with. They were going to church at a, just at a different church yeah. across town. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, literally, still...
0: <laughs> I, I dropped all of my friends that didn't go to church and I don't think it was a, it was a, never a conscious choice. It just no. happened
1: gradually where. I ruined my big childhood, my best, my best friend from childhood. I ruined our relationship for, you know, most of our teenage years because I just, we just stopped hanging out because they didn't go to church. And I didn't associate with people who didn't go to church. Yeah. So,
0: man, this we're is... good now though. We're we're very <laughs> we're is... very close now. Oh, that's good. Uh, this is off topic, but you know, back in the very early 2000s and late 90s, early 2000s, um, chain chain emails were a thing, and you know, somebody mm-hmm. would send you an email, and they would have just a whole bunch of questions like, "Oh, what kind of vacation would you pick for me? What animal do you think that I am most like?" Blah, 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 you know, and <laughs> one of my, a friend of a friend, and these were both girls, I had a, a, a fairly close female friend, and, you know, she had a friend that she was close to, but I wasn't as close to, and she sent me a chain email, and I was such an asshole, and said things like, oh, I would take you to uh, a third world country so that you could uh, see how good we have it here. Like, oh I... I was... Oh, God. I was terrible. Like, I... Oh, I'm getting hot thinking about it now. I was... Oh, my God. <laughs> it was... I was such an asshole. It was so bad. And, like, that's the kind of thinking that this that this kind of uh, culture breeds. It's like... Oh, man. That was not the time or the place. It was not the medium to to do that. It was and i and i felt like it was the right thing to do at the time and i am yeah. it's something that i think about a, probably at least a few times a year and i'm just like what the fuck dude
1: i definitely have moments like that <laughs> yeah like, it's it's, it's is, so embarrassing
0: oh man and I, okay i do feel i guess i feel a little bit better that i confess that publicly cuz i don't think anybody but me and those two girls know about that at all i don't, I don't think i've ever told Brittany that um <laughs> She's she's gonna hear it now, and she's gonna roll her eyes and be like, "Oh my goodness, Uh, (laughs) what do what were you doing? Are you serious?" Um, Uh, The what the fuck? Let's just keep making fun of Brittany. What what else would she? I'm just kidding. (laughs) There's an avocado shortage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But like, (laughs) what were you thinking? Why did you park here? Uh, uh, (laughs) Can you turn that light off? I don't know why I thought that twenty five dollars. like that. Uh, <laughs> so mad, so mad at me.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Brittany. He, he peer pressured me into it. Um,
0: but uh, no, like,
1: like that story, right? Of oh just man. being a just a grade A asshole uh, for for the sake of like this high and mighty yeah. uh, virtue signaling kind of thing. It's like. Man, we all did it. We and, and people yeah, still do it. It's like and whenever we, we talk about like I don't wanna be in a relationship with you because God told oh, me yeah. that we're not gonna end up together and it's or like, like when you man, don't want anyone who, else to pick
0: the you? when you don't want anyone else to pick the music in the car. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's so gross. This real this fucking has nasty been
1: or- ordained from the foundations of the earth that I'm gonna play this playlist and you're gonna listen to it and love it because my music is superior. My taste in music is superior. Yeah, it's not your music. But no, yeah. Uh, it, We've we've all we've all done it, and it, it's
0: that's one of we, the we, things that stuck with me for.
1: We need to years. have an episode where we we just like buck the the normal format, and we just talk about all of the cringy stuff we did as Christians. Like yeah. I think that that would be a hilarious episode. I yeah, may or may not leave a, this little. That's
0: a good one. I've got some stuff. in the. <laughs> I oh know. Me too. God. Unfortunately, so. Oh man. Yeah. All right. So point number four, (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, enmeshed sense of self, Uh, a person who's codependent will likely feel like their personality depends on the other person. Hmm. You may not feel like you know what you really like or who you really are. Instead, your focus is only on the things the other person likes or dislikes. Ding, 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 ding. Check, 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 check. Holy crap. Like and that wasn't a mic check. Completely, yes. Complete. Your identity is your Christianity, which again Christians would say is a good thing. But right, oh right, and God. and I get the whole and like look as
1: I, I don't want people to to misunderstand at least my point of view because I, I can't. I'm not going to speak for Luke, but like as as a deconstructed Christian, I I have this really really. Uh, kind of perilous balance between, like, I I want to believe that there's something higher power, something transcendent, something other, bigger out there. I I, I deeply want that, um, but <laughs> I don't want to lose myself, and I felt like I lost myself for so long, only to find myself at you know maybe not like the latest that someone, but like we've talked about this before, how so many people never get to that second half of life. Mm. Right. And, And they never get to the point where it's like, you no longer need these fences and these gates and these things that keep you in and you safe and others out who, who might want to lead you astray when you're a child Yes, you need those mm-hmm. boundaries, but you, you can discern now, you know, what's what to do and what not to do and how to treat people and how not to treat people. And when you lose that sense of self or, or not even lose the sense of self, but, but wrap it up into someone else, whether it's a a romantic relationship in a codependent relationship, or it's in this codependency with the divine we we're all created in god's image and therefore our sense of self is deeply rooted in the divine if if you're going to go off of that biblical perspective but you are still your person you still have personhood we talk about the the trinity in the christian faith and it's like your personality is, is in a dance with the Trinity. Like you are, you are your own entity mm-hmm. within the three in one. Right. And that's all biblical, you know, not biblical jargon. Cause Hey, <laughs> newsflash Trinity's not e- ever in the Bible anywhere. Yep. But, uh, but the point being, I, I, I want to, I want to kind of pretzel some of the, the religious aspect in there because I think it's important. I don't want people to think that, oh, he's a deconstructed Christian, he's an atheist, he's not trying to find God or the divine or what, you know, the supreme consciousness or being, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Of course I am. I I am. Mm -hmm. And I, I want people to know that. But at the same time, I want people to understand the toxicity that can come from, you know, what you just said, enmeshing your sense of self and it's no longer visible because It all depends on what the other person or the divine wants.
0: And it it seems like it, it seems to make so much sense from a Christian perspective. But when you really think about it, God created you to do two things, love him and preach to people so that they will accept Jesus as savior. Why did he make you then? Why are you why are you different than anyone else? Right, he could have made a, an army of robots to do the same thing. Like when you really start thinking about it, it all falls apart, and it has nothing to do with we talked about uh, recently about you know an afterlife in heaven. Whether you you can still believe that that it that it exists, but it's not what it's about. Because mm-hmm. well, I guess if it's not what it's about, then it, that falls apart too. But really, like, well, ugh. no, I see what you're, you're you. Why can did God focus? M- yeah, why did God make you? With all and, and why are you different than everybody else just to be another man you know? just to do the exact same job as someone else?
1: right right you know the, the, you hear that you hear that that uh, Bible verse in psalm uh, I, I, I praise the Lord because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And it's like if you believe that, then you, your sense of self should be much stronger and your sense of uniqueness and and youness, right. Meanness uh should should be really strong <laughs> but i but we lose that
0: sorry you just you you used a couple of different um letters of the alphabet and i kind of wanted to add another one p and you said penis you-ness <laughs> uh, me you-ness? me is not a me, me never mind meanness.
1: Ni- well you know it's uh you could you could make it a, a letter me m yeah
0: yeah sorry we edited that out penis um q see never mind this was a lost Mm, i i derailed i'm so sorry uh um, denis zenus is a word um no it's zenith damn it um (laughs) oh so close uh okay so next point uh (laughs) i did not think we would be uh going this far with with this topic but i'm really happy because i didn't do a ton of research (laughs) Uh, the next one, after enmeshed sense of self, is self-doubt. Hmm. Um hmm. I, I don't know. I'm skeptical. Uh, spending long enough supporting or relying on one person can wear down your sense of self. You may doubt your decisions and feel the need to have someone else make choices for you. God oh, wants me to break up with you. You also may feel like your own preferences aren't important enough to consider.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not my will, but yours be done. Oh right? my God! Like it, it's, <laughs> and you know, hey, it hurts, but you know, Jesus did say that. But it's it's fun. It's fun. It's not fun. This isn't a <laughs> fun on, topic. Come on, CJ. But <laughs> this is not fun. Okay. You know what? This is a great time. This is so fun. How it went from you know, you're 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 fusing your personality, your sense of self with the other person. And then the next stage is (laughs) now you doubt yourself, but what is yourself anymore? Like yourself is enmeshed in this other thing. In in my mind, this is the beginning of deconstruction.
0: Yeah, CJ. When you
1: pretzel, I've used pretzel way too many times this episode already. That's the second time. Um, (laughs) Two times too many. But when you, when you start to weave yourself into, someone else, whether it's a you know, a, a romantic relationship or a divine relationship, the next step then would be self-doubt, but you don't even know yourself because yourself has become so intertwined with this other person, this other being, whatever. And self-doubt should lead to a healthy deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we all deconstruct in our own ways and, and, uh, they're, they're all valid, but you, to say that you don't experience self doubt in your relationship with the divine is just another way that you lie to yourself, You, you know, and, and really that's sin to me. That's so sinful to, to not be honest with yourself and, and truly and honestly reflect. So Luke and I had talked about doing uh, personality tests or whatever for the podcast, Uh, like specifically the Enneagram, maybe the Myers-Briggs, that kind of thing, whatever. And Luke, I remember we were texting back and forth and Luke said, yeah, but you know, are we going to be honest? Right. And that's such a good question. That's such a good point because I mean, I would like to say, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to do what I, you know, say, say what's correct and what's right. But from my perspective, it might not be right. Someone who knows me well, like Luke or like my, my partner or whatever might be able to say, whoa, 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 come on, man. That's not, I know you think that's true about yourself, but that's not how you act.
0: That's not what you actually put out into the world. And that's, and that's, yeah, that's what I was part of
1: deconstruction is learning who you are, right? It's not, it's, it's learning about yourself uh, among other things. Obviously, there's a lot of other shit that goes into deconstructing, but that's such a big part is realizing that your sense of self has just been so tamped down and it's not about me. It's about God. It's not about Mm -hmm. my wants and my desires. It's about what God wants for me in my life. And and, and you can give you can give
0: that up because this world doesn't matter. It's the afterlife that matters. So you give up your entire experience here. Oh, man, there's so much stuff I can say about this because it's what I think about all the time. But yeah, it's we would again we would have to have another a full episode on this whole what's going through my through my head right now. But um, C J, mm. you beautiful bearded. Mm. The spectacle mm. boy, mm. You, you totally got what was going on here and you led us into the, the final codependent
1: signs of deep the, Yeah, the final sign. Wow, I
0: couldn't figure that out. <laughs> the final sign of uh, codependency. And yes, absolutely, the loss of self, then the self-doubt, and then comes resentment. Mm-hmm. After a while in a codependent relationship, you start to resent the other person more importantly you'll resent them while feeling like you can't live without them or like they can't live without you this is the biggest sign that your relationship is unhealthy and potentially codependent that is this is me now not the article that is deconstruction like that that's Mm -hmm. where deconstruction Mm -hmm. starts Mm -hmm. so when you mentioned the whole self-doubt thing and you said that that's the beginning of deconstruction. I was like, yes, because you you nailed it. <laughs> like you called You're called your shot. You know, from half court, the uh, baseline, you- um, fifty yard line, uh, yardage line of scrimmage. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, you you nailed it, man. Uh, that's exactly what <laughs> was the next step was uh, deconstruction. You know, and we talk about that all the time in in regards to to our our faith. But I mean, it happen it can happen in any any relationship.
1: What, my here is my question uh, to you, and, and really, you know, to the listener, if y'all want to maybe reflect on this because I I don't have the answer here, but I wonder: is it possible to deconstruct before you get to this stage, before you get to the resentment stage? It, and i asked that because i didn't right i i got full on resentment and a little angry right and and a little hurt let down suspicious whatever whatever adjective you want to put on there like i i just wonder if you can deconstruct without getting to the resentment
0: um, stage well you you pr- you, you pose two different questions there the first question was can you get to uh, deconstruction without resentment Before getting to resentment And I would say absolutely I would say most people do But can you get to deconstruction without resentment I don't know man I'd, Can you I'd,
1: get through it Like dealing with all of the issues That go into deconstruction I,
0: I would find that hard to believe I would love to hear from somebody who Went through deconstruction and doesn't resent it To some degree right? Because I definitely hit Deconstruction first And then the resentment came after and is still present with me. Mm, mm, mm. I feel like I wasted a lot of very precious time that I have here (laughs) Uh, worrying about things that didn't matter. And I could have been experiencing so many other things like I could have. Never mind. (laughs) I was going to say something really nasty. (laughs) Uh, But um, yeah, I just I feel like (laughs) I don't believe in an afterlife currently. I'm not saying that won't change, but I because of that I feel like I wasted so much time on shit that it didn't matter, man.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Years. Years. Like percentages of my time on Earth. Um and that's that's what I resent. And yeah, I don't not I just I would love to hear someone who has gone through deconstruction and never had resentment and I would probably call them a liar or delusional <laughs> like, yeah. it's just i mean i i would i would listen to them but i just i don't i, I can't see how that wouldn't be present you know what i mean yeah so yeah. um is this song codependent cj yes okay so the other article that i read uh seven signs that you're in a cult oh opposing this this is going to be a lot quicker than the last list. <laughs> we're just going to rapid fire through these. <laughs> uh, opposing critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Check. Uh, isolating members and penalizing them for leaving. Okay, so to talk about this a little bit, we're not talking about this song in particular, we're talking about just Christian culture in general. Um, yeah, I would say that that happened growing up where
1: yeah, for sure,
0: people disagreed or, or people did certain things and then got ostracized from the church and so they weren't kicked out but they just Stop showing up. Um, Mm -hmm. Number three, emphasizing special doctrines outside of scripture. Every church does that. There's so, again, you mentioned the Trinity earlier, not in the Bible. So. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I
1: mean, not the word at least.
0: (laughs) So number four, seeking inappropriate loyalty to their leaders. We definitely saw this in the Hillsong documentary. Uh, I don't yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say that this is in every church. Right. Yeah. That would yeah, be I don't, I don't irresponsible wanna, for me to say that. That definitely yeah, doesn't happen all the time.
1: Christian churches. But but I think the inappropriate loyalty phrase there is
0: oh, inappropriate. problematic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, but 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 like I definitely do think that churchgoers, that the that the lay people, the congregants, they want to
0: They want a leader. What the pastor says they, goes they
1: yeah, yeah. It, uh, why? If you had asked me as a as a fourteen year old, why do you believe this particular thing? I would have probably said because uh, my pastor said it. Yeah, you know, or my or, youth or minister the, said it. To,
0: to give it a little bit more, not authority but credence, or a little bit more something, is that oh, I was. This is what I was taught, or this is what I learned. Right. That that puts a little bit more ownership on you and. Not just I'm believing whatever this person told me. Not to say that that's better necessarily, but you know, there was one time where but- where uh, I was I had a friend who deconstructed in high school, and he was the one who got me into Christianity. His name is Lance. Lance, I hope you're listening. You're probably not. I uh, forgot your last name. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, we were talking. We were talking about losing uh your salvation and whether it's possible or not. And my pastor at the time told us, you know, the language of the day of the Bible said, you know, conjures an imagery of something. And I'm not going to get into the weeds about it, but, and he was like, well, who taught you? You know, my, my friend who had deconstructed in high school said, well, who taught you that? Or where did you learn that? And I said, oh, my pastor taught us. And he was like, oh, okay. It's like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I get it. (laughs) But uh, but anyway, that, that was just to kind of go off of the, the idea of, like, you know, my pastor says this, so I believe it, versus my pastor taught me this. There is a nuance there. You know what I mean?
1: And to be fair, like, you should trust your leaders. Yeah. You should trust those who are in that position. Or at but... least
0: someone who's more educated in something than you are.
1: Exactly, like it doesn't even have to be church, right? I trust what my endocrinologist says about why my numbers are a certain way, even if I don't necessarily see it that way. Uh, there There's a reason why my labs reflect this, and my endocrinologist. I'm a type 1 diabetic, those of you who don't know, and so you know, when my numbers are out of whack, my endocrinologist is going to tell me, and I have to trust that. Uh, not saying that they know every single thing about every facet of the disease. They don't know my body. They don't understand, you know, the stress and the the things that I go through and all that. But with pastors, you should trust your pastors, right? You should trust your church leaders, but there has to be a healthy amount of self-teaching and self-reflection and looking at it yourself. If a pastor says something, that kind of sets off a you know a little alarm in your head. The you don't need to just be like whoa, um, they're wrong. Well, they they may just have spoken out of turn, or uh, it's something that you don't know about. You need to maybe look into it more. There, there's a healthy there should be a healthy sense of of doing a little bit of the legwork and it's just saying, well, the pastor said it, so it's got to be right. It's just not it's not good enough. Past a yeah. certain point in your life. It shouldn't be good enough. Uh,
0: number five, dishonoring the family unit. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Depends. that goes back to what I was saying about like shunning people like or, or, or like over preaching. Like that story that I told before. Yeah, I don't know. Dishonoring the family unit. That, I don't know how that applies other than if you get pregnant when you're in high school, your family might kick you out, you know, because you're dishonoring mm-hmm. the family. Um, number six is crossing biblical boundaries of behavior, uh, such as sexual purity and personal ownership. Again, the sexual uh, boundaries definitely happens. Personal ownership, that I, I, I never heard stories about that. And then number seven on this one is separation from the church. Uh, yeah, th- I think this is a, a Christian periodical of some kind. The separation from the church is like, you know, they're trying to tell you that you need to leave the church to be with this group. And obviously that's, you know, part of a cult, but uh, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to quickly run through, you know, stop me if you have something to say about this, but I'm going to quickly run through these titles of these segments because I think they're a better representation of this. So number one, the leader is the ultimate authority. We just talked about that. The pastor, the pastor said it. So I believe it. Mm -hmm. The group suppresses skepticism. I absolutely experienced that whenever I had questions that didn't make sense to them because they, you know, I came to the church as a young teenager and I would ask questions and then everyone would be like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. That's not what <laughs> yeah. I, I think I mentioned this before about prayer. I was like, oh, so our prayer requests, like, you know, signing a petition for God. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> But I never got a straight answer why we do prayer requests because. Right. Number three, the group delegitimizes former mem- former members. I can see that. You know, somebody leaves the church and they come up with excuses as to why they, oh, they were, they were never a Christian. You know, they left the church. So right. why would they, why were they ever a Christian? You know, God saves people. Mm-hmm. They're always saved. Number four, the group is paranoid about the outside world. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I need to say anything else about that. The group relies on shame cycles. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yep. Shame cycles. That'd be a pretty sweet band name.
0: Yeah. Shame cycles. Yeah. James and the shame cycles. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the the leader is above the law. Point six. Again, church leaders can they have power so they can get away with stuff again. We saw yeah. that in the Hillsong documentary. Um, right. Number seven, the group uses thought reform methods, and that's again just like that that the the rhetoric the, that we've talked about the, or even in the in the songs where oh I'm nothing without you I'm garbage I I'm a wretch mm-hmm. and so they are you know it is changing your thought patterns based on what you think the. Desired entity needs, I guess, is the best, the the most, you know, the best way to say that. Um, Number eight, the group is elitist. Don't really Mm. think there's much explanation needed there either, because no, if you're not a Christian, then we can't associate with you because I don't want you to get your sin on me.
1: Yeah, it's contagious.
0: Number nine, mask. There is no financial transparency. Mm. I don't know if that one applies. Maybe maybe in some churches, but yeah. Well,
1: the whole tax exempt thing is so strange yeah, to me. But and, that doesn't—they're—they're not know They're how... not asking
0: for your money and and not telling you what they're doing with it. Most churches will tell you, "Oh, well, we're gonna reinforce the stage, or we're gonna get a projector, or whatever." You know, a lot of churches will tell you what the money's going toward. Maybe not homeless?
1: Every church, no, but... we we need a new sound oh, system. That's...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah! Wow, we, that's we a really need good to point.
1: we need to expand the children's wing. Oh, uh, all those people sleeping on park benches. Uh, nah, we're we're good. We we need to we need a bigger. We need state of the art uh, audio video uh, equipment here. We yeah. we can't be helping the homeless. We got
0: to make sure we're praising Jesus the best we can. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, for sure. You know, he he wants us to save people, but we gotta really make sure that you know what words you're saying <laughs> whenever you're singing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one—I don't know if this one fits for <laughs> again Hillsong, but uh, number ten, the group performs secret rites. So I, okay, so what's funny about that one? Oh God, I'm so glad you have something to say about it. <laughs> And
1: we had an initiation for like when you started youth group. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure how it's done nowadays. It, it may be exactly the same. I don't know. Uh, but whenever I was in church, uh, the summer in between sixth and seventh grade. So as you're going into seventh grade, that's when you start youth group. Before that, you're in children's church, RAs and GAs and all that. But going into seventh grade, you start in youth group. And so it's seven, eighth seventh eighth grade and then of course high school ninth through twelfth all the way to twelfth grade so we had this initiation a a secret initiation called icky bicky boo and i grew
0: i went to church at the same time you did i didn't grow up in church what the fuck are you talking about dude look this is
1: news to me when when i tell you that it's all funny it's all okay in the name of fun it's
0: it's bicky boo sounds (laughs) again word uh word of the episode fucking gross like what the (laughs) fuck so i'm sorry i'm cussing i won't
1: i won't tell you anything about the ritual because i don't I don't want to give that away, even though, like, I'm pretty sure sixth graders from my hometown yeah, are not listening to this Most sixth graders podcast. don't want to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just this funny, stupid ritual where, like, you would be in a room and it would kind of be dark with, like, flashlights or candles or whatever. And if you were the one coming into the group, they people would be chanting, icky, icky bicky, boo. And it was just all this silly thing. And then they'd play a prank on you. And that was kind of it but it it was it was funny but it's just so funny that that's literally the last point is we kind of had like a secret ritual that we did to sixth graders coming into to youth group every year. It was <laughs> thank you, Terry, uh, my youth minister. Oh my gosh, he he just made it funny. Uh, it, and I don't want anybody thinking like, whoa, man, maybe you were in a cult. Like, no, yeah. it was no. I, was, I mean, it was I a think Southern I, Baptist church, and it was just a funny thing that we did. And he made like it into this probably kind of racist almost with the chanting thing. I don't know, man. I but I, we had a good time with it
0: i i feel like it's a euphemism for ejaculation icky bicky boo <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's gonna take a while to get out of my head that's good good speaking but of yeah gross, literally
1: like no one told like you you weren't allowed to say what happened you a, during that you weren't allowed thing.
0: to tell any other adult about your youth pastor making you play icky <laughs> bicky boo Yeah, that's that's he's laughing. I don't know if the mic's picking it up, but uh, I'm
1: pretty sure it picked it up.
0: Okay. All right. All righty, then. Uh, I think we have covered. We barely talked about the song, actually, but there, I mean, let's be
1: honest there. We and we haven't used the term in a while, but that song is nothing but fluff. It's nothing but yeah, fluffer nutter. Also, another yeah.
0: um, youth pastor term for uh, ejaculation. Um, <laughs> the
1: ritual of fluffer nutting.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we are going to end this segment. Yeah, and that's not what how professionals say that they're going to do that. And I'm going to go pee because my they, back teeth are floating. They don't mention that they're going to end the segment. They just end the segment. But you yep. know, um. So, we're not
1: professionals. So, I don't know if you guys have noticed that.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. We're we're, ta- we're editorializing and talking about how we're editing the <laughs> podcast while we're doing the podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> deal with it. Uh, you chose to listen to this. I'm sorry. I'm victim-blaming. Um, all right. <laughs> Join our cult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> all right. We are going to take a quick break, and we are going to come back with... A segment from CJ. Yep.
1: Alright, welcome back neighbors. We're going to play a game. I'm going to play Jesus or Jessica, the romantic time of the year. Valentine's Day was yesterday when you're listening to this podcast. And so I'm going to give Luke... A lyric from either a praise and worship song or a secular love song of some sort. And he has to tell me if the lyrics are referring to Jesus or Jessica or a love interest of some sort besides Jesus. So here we go, Luke. Here are your lyrics. The simplest of all love songs I want to bring to you. So I'll let my words be few. I am so in love with you. He's deep in thought.
0: It's not cringy enough to be a Christian song, so I'm going to say Jessica. Mm. I'm wrong.
1: It's Jesus. Yeah. This is actually Matt Redman. I thought it sounded familiar,
0: but I was like, Uh, it's not yeah it's too it's too non-committal to be a christian (laughs) song but
1: you know yeah he uh the so i i found these lyrics on a a blog uh this is from several years ago 13 years ago and the author is actually a pastor and he he does different musings and you know some religious stuff here and there, but it's mostly kind of real world uh, blog posts. And he <laughs> he basically put these lyrics in, in in one of his blog posts and said it it reads like uh, a love note, like a little note that you left a significant other or a partner. And you're just like, yeah. I'll just put Jesus in there somewhere. I'll just put Jesus' <laughs> name in there somewhere. Oh man, but that's yeah, a, that's, uh,
0: that's definitely something that I came across whenever doing my song, and I forgot to mention it in my segment. But yeah, there's people that are talking about the whole Jesus, Jesus is my boyfriend thing as as early as you know, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I even read a comment on an article where was like, oh yeah, some of these lyrics are too feminine. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay. Or, All right. Uh, when, Whatever. When I did like, the
1: when I did the Holy Ghost song by Brandon Lakes, and someone in the comments was like, "I love your masculine uh, <laughs> delivery of these lyrics." It's like, man, there are there's some people here who just need to they need to deal with some stuff. But yeah, yeah. that's a Matt Redman song. Let my words be few. Jesus, I am so in love with you. Um, oh right, yeah, I'm just I'm just
0: I'm just really not used to getting these wrong. Um, it just—that's okay. It annoys okay. me. I just—I—I I always get them right, and I just hate when I get them wrong because it happens so infrequently that I get them wrong. I usually get them right.
1: Can't <sighs> win them all. Somebody said that <laughs> one time.
0: So, CJ, mm-hmm. it is your Secular Song segment. What did you bring for us? The song that I picked for this week, just a
1: groovy little tune, love it so much. It. Uh, we'll talk more about that, why I love it so much. You'll probably figure it out pretty quickly. The song I picked is called Bullshit Anthem by Fantastic Negrito.
0: Oh. I don't. I don't know the song. I feel like I've might have heard of the artist before. Hmm. So maybe you introduced probably this so. artist to me. Okay. So yeah, I'm excited. Let's listen to it.
1: All right, we'll, we'll listen to that. You guys can talk pa- uh, if I can talk. Pause the podcast. Listen to the song if you haven't already. We'll meet you back here in just a few. Welcome back, neighbors. You just listened to "Bullshit Anthem" by Fantastic Negrito. Luke, what did you think?
0: Um, it's oh, man. This this song has two of my favorite genres. Uh, it has the '70s funk mm-hmm. with a heavy bass line and that that tent revival clapping, you know, group group singing. Oh, yeah, I, I liked it. It was fun.
1: Yeah, I think it it kind of in it cap encapsulates the best of both worlds there. You know, like the the blues gospel, it's very black roots music, um, mm-hmm. African American blues mixed with that just funk. I mean, it's basically Prince, uh, in that in the chorus.
0: Oh wow, yeah, and I didn't even notice that until you said which
1: which now. the the artist, uh. Xavier, uh, God, his last name is, uh, f- uh, De Frepolis or something like that. It's, it's a, you just have to see it to know what I mean, but his, um, uh, Xavier, we'll call him. <laughs> he's, uh, he's actually an older guy. You know, I didn't realize how old he was uh, until I, you know, wanted to do a little bit of research for this song. I'm, I'm not going to talk much about him or. The song itself necessarily i think it kind of stands on its own it's self-explanatory but uh xavier uh defrepolis he was born in 1968 he was the eighth of 15 children and uh he 15? was born in massachusetts 15 one five. His 15 his father was his father was deeply religious uh, a somali muslim And uh, go forth and uh,
0: prosper, am I right, (laughs)
1: Xavier? Xavier said that uh, he recalled that they had a lot of rules uh, at home when he was a kid. Uh,
0: When yeah, normally uh, I'm against a ton of rules, but when you've fifteen children, you have to have rules. Like, holy my God! Yeah, I don't even like fifteen people. Like.
1: And and what's crazy is he's literally in the middle. He's literally the middle child, you know, the eighth of fifteen. And he's just right there in the center. It's it's I'm sure he was kind of uh in a weird spot. And he's
0: the artist that that's playing music that, you know, obviously <laughs> middle yeah. children often not, you know, I don't want to say for everybody, but stereotypically they seek attention. So
1: yeah, yeah.
0: He, you know, uh, Fantastic
1: Negrito. He has such an interesting background. I would love to to dive deeper into it, but just to hit the highlights. When he was 12 years old, the family uh, moved from Massachusetts to Oakland, California, and he quickly began falling into the wrong crowd. And mm-hmm. he started selling. He was selling drugs as a teenager in Oakland. And wow. so as a teenager in which, Oakland, we're talking frame? the eighties. Oh, um, wow. and he said, he, he said in an interview, quote, we were all selling drugs. We all carried pistols. There was a crack ep- epidemic. I was the kind of kid who would sell fake weed. Sometimes I used I would use tea, <laughs> which is hilarious. What? Really. Um, and he became inspired to teach himself how to play music after listening to Prince's album Dirty Mind and he heard when he heard the album someone in passing told him oh yeah you know Prince is self-taught like he he taught himself how to play music and so he kind of took that and ran with it and used that as his inspiration to learn how to play music but he did sneak into music classes at UC Berkeley and he wasn't even a student at UC Berkeley at all, but he was just going on campus and sneaking into music classes to learn some of the basics and, you know, peace out so he wouldn't get caught. And in uh, 1993, so he, at that time he would have been 25, he signed with Interscope Records. And in 96, uh, at the beginning of 96, he released his first album called The X Factor. And uh, he went by the name Xavier. And the album um, was kind of a flop, but he was still signed to Interscope for a multi-record deal. I don't know how many records, but in 1999, he was in a really, really bad car crash, like almost killed him. And he was in a coma for three weeks when he woke up when he woke up both of his arms were in casts so literally the thing that he needs to make music were broken and the doctors were like you may never like be able to play guitar or any instrument again because he can play more than just guitar and sing and so it was a lot of rehabilitation a lot of um you know physical therapy and all that all of that stuff but he said that the in that that car crash really saved him because it released him from Hmm. interscope records it they terminated his contract because of it because they didn't know uh you know what yeah what was going to happen he 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 actually when he got out of the hospital he got better he set up a, a, a nightclub in south central la like and it was apparently like a like a speakeasy, like illegal nightclub. This dude has done some crazy shit. <laughs> he um
0: uh, oh wow. and obviously
1: didn't didn't play music for a long time, but in 2014 he decided he wanted to start performing again, writing music, playing music, and um he described his new musical style as black roots music for everyone. And I and I love that so much because, you know, we as as straight white men, we don't really realize how blue how important blues is for black culture, right? We don't realize that black culture created the blues and and thereby created every genre of rock music that came after, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean every every form of rock music today, and I would even say pop music too, it, it owes it owes its success to blues to these these black musicians who who created this this format that's just been this tried and true formula what what fantastic negrito has done over the last decade or so has has been to fuse it with a more modern sensibility but still you know keep the the heart of of that culture that black roots music it's it's so important and he won three consecutive Grammys for wow. the best contemporary blues album with his, his uh, 2016 album called The Last Days of Oakland. And then his 2019 album, Please Don't Be Dead, which Bullshit Anthem, the song we listen to is on that album, Please Don't Be Dead. And then in 2020, a year later, he won uh, that category again, contemporary blues album uh, for his record have you lost your mind so he just he just has this really uncanny way of of sticking to those that 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 roots music but also expanding it you know like you said this song does a really good job of that where as soon as you get comfortable with that that funky groove mm-hmm. yeah he changes it and then it's just that feet stomping and hand clapping you know and
0: both are satisfying like yes. it, yeah. it is slightly jarring to go from one to the other, oh, yeah. yeah. but as soon as you switch over, you're like, "Yeah, I'm here too." Like <laughs> it's great. Yeah, here, this, we, here is, we are. This, oh, I'm here this for is it. It's fun and comfortable, and and yeah, I I want to clap along with it. And then it goes back yeah. into that funky. What was it? Uh, funky groovy fun. What was the yeah acronym hashtag
1: FGF? Yeah,
0: um, it's and then you you bring in the whole uh, Prince thing and I'm just like, wow, holy crap. Yeah, that you're right. Like that totally fits. And and the fact that he's doing these two different genres, they're related, yeah, but they're they're different genres. And then to say like, oh, he was inspired by Prince, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. it's 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 there. It, oh mm-hmm. it's totally there. It's it's really good. And,
1: and hit all like so mi- so much of his music is like this where the, the, the verses and the choruses don't seem to go together. But mm. then after you hear it through one time, you're like, man, this makes so much sense. Yeah. You know, and it's... I love music like that where the changes can throw you off a little bit, but not so far off that you can't recover. Right? And it's it's just... It's really well done. I mean, the the chorus is like E minor it's very I basically just stays in E minor with some flourishes and stuff here and there Mm -hmm. and then the the verses that kind of that soulful blues roots music is in like A minor A minor seven something like that and but again with some with some flourishes and then you have that walk up from the A back to the E right whenever it's going to uh back into the chorus it's really satisfying and you know, I think it's so funny, dude. I, I didn't look at a word count for this, but I guarantee you this song has fewer words than the Michael W. Smith song. <laughs> uh but but it says more, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. let me let me let me just say this, and I, I don't want y'all to have this in your head when you're trying to sleep at night, but just think about that chorus, man. <laughs> Take that bullshit and turn it into good shit. Like that is your mantra throughout the day like because
0: for your life
1: (laughs) yeah you you get you get knocked down i get knocked down but i keep on fighting i get knocked down but i keep on trying yeah you have a whiskey drink you
0: have a cider drink you have a vodka (laughs) drink you have a lager drink it's so
1: easy it's so easy there's no there's nothing to these lyrics but they but they they speak to you in a way that that makes you want to you know we've we've talked about it the call to action. I don't. I don't think we've said call to action in a long time on the mm-hmm. podcast. Maybe not on in any of the released episodes. I yeah. don't. I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, you know, t- take that bullshit, turn it into good shit. Just in those what eight words is. I mean, that's your life. You you have to take the bad stuff and try to make something of it. And you can't just sit around. You know, it's not saying take that bullshit. And, you know, just think about good things. Uh, just think about how things could be better for your life. No, it's saying take yeah. that bullshit yeah. and turn it into good shit. Turn it like you are an active participant in turning yeah. the bullshit into good shit. You know,
0: don't don't take that bullshit and compare it to horse shit or dog shit.
1: Yeah. Or bird me.
0: or bird shit. Uh yeah.
1: Or elephant shit. I don't know. What, uh, what, tiger shit uh, oh, shit. uh cat shit. Uh human shit? It yeah, human shit. Written, uh,
0: human shit's everywhere. Uh cat shit though, sn- that
1: made me that made me gag a little bit. Oh snake my God. snake shit? Um uh, rat rabbit shit. Rabbit All- shit's alligator fun. shit. Alligator shit. Gerbil shit. Ooh. Gerbil shit.
0: Uh hamster <laughs> shit. Um
1: coyote shit i used to coyote have a sh- yeah. lot of coyote shit in my backyard in texas
0: yep i think that's all the animals uh that's yeah all the animals
1: noah we gathered all this these animals for yeah. you and they've already taken a shit so put them on your ark
0: yeah we can uh take their dna from their shit encase it in amber and yeah we can recreate
1: yeah we'll be fine
0: um <laughs>
1: But no, that's literally all I have. The song, I just, I want to put the song out there. I love, I love Fantastic Negrito. I, I would say, listen to all of his records. He has four full length records out and they're all just, they're, they're just so good. They're all, they all stand on their own. He, he, he has this really cool evolution, the, the ability to, to meld this really important form of music in the blues the african-american blues the the black roots music and and modernize parts of it to make it accessible to everyone if you're not a big mm-hmm. blues fan i happen to be a huge huge blues fan i know that luke is too just from the, some of the artists and, and things that he uh identifies with like the black keys they the black keys have done a really good job with roots music over the years and making it accessible and making it like yo 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 we didn't this is not a form of music that we created in any way uh they yeah. they have just made it where the masses can can attach to it which we could talk all night about some well, of yeah, those and- early rock and roll artists like elvis uh taking the uh, the black man's music and mm-hmm. turning it mainstream uh how how what are the ethical ramifications no, there you know
0: nobody talked about twerking uh in the mainstream until miley cyrus did it Ugh, uh, no. <laughs> and look i like uh, miley
1: i'm a miley fan musically yeah, me too but come on man oh man but yeah i just i i love this guy and hopefully no that's great listen to him more and kind of hear the way that he turns the genre on its head by by kind of lulling you into a verse and then all of a sudden changing it on the chorus or the or the bridge or the pre-chorus or whatever and it's just playful and it's fun and he doesn't take himself seriously watch some live performances of him he's just a hoot uh he has a which makes me feel old that i just called someone a hoot but (laughs) he um he has a tiny desk concert for those of you who are tiny desk fiends like i am uh he has a a tiny desk concert back in like 2015 or something so go check that out listen to that it's a lot of fun hey man what do you want to do
0: <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't have anything else me either no uh, i mean legitimately i
1: just wanted to put this song out there yeah uh you know i
0: literally my my brain is empty now cuz i've put everything out there <laughs> so far if if anyone that's listening to this is questioning like, why do I believe what I believe? Do some research. Talk to people that are not in your normal circle. <laughs> like Yeah. Think for yourself. And I don't mean that to be insulting because for so long I did not do that. And it wasn't until I did that I saw the inconsistencies in my thought patterns. Mm. So... And, and I yeah. will I will uh,
1: put a little, uh, you know, a light spoiler out there for the listener. We are going to be doing a deep dive sometime soon. I'm not going to give a specific date or episode number or anything like that because it kind of all falls on me and I want to make sure that I'm doing this justice. But we're going to be doing a deep dive on a a record that someone put out recently in the last year that is about the deconstruction aspect from from their perspective but we can really go off of that and talk about that and how it kind of springboard no. off of some of these songs and it'll be the first kind of deep dive we do we do on a an artist and not just like we did the Hillsong documentary some episodes ago what episode was that
0: i want to say it was like 13 you, it was yeah it was in the teens. i'm gonna look it, it up. had to have been in the teens it was a while ago
1: Oh yeah. So episode 12. So if you, if you're a new listener and you kind of haven't gone back in the back catalog yet for us, if you, if you want, if you want to look or listen to us, talk about Hillsong and the church and the, the worship, uh, the worship ministry there, there was a Hillsong documentary and it kind of exposed a lot of uh, things. Hillsong, a mega church exposed, I think is what it was called. And yeah, we watched that. It was three episodes, like hour long episodes, and uh, that's in our episode twelve, titled "This is Heresy for Sure." And we just talk about the we talk about Hillsong and we talk about a lot of the problematic stuff there, and some of the things that the documentary brings up. So you can kind of hear our thoughts there if you haven't listened to that one. And then, like I said, we'll be doing a, a another deep dive, but this will be the first deep dive for actual music that we've ever done, and so. Excited about that one, but in the meantime, we are going to leave you guys, hit the dusty trail, and we'll be back next week with an all-new episode. And Until then, reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Praise and Broship Podcast. Uh, you can also email us. Our email is podcast at gmail.com. Luke, you have anything else you want to add?
0: Yeah, I I've actually typed into Google praise and broship and I don't think that there's any other <laughs> content uh out there that is specifically referencing broship. Yeah, no, we definitely uh, <laughs> we definitely
1: took the first title of yeah. a podcast that either of us could come up with
0: and just said, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> yeah, that there's tons of content out there for bromance, but I think we're one of the very few that has broship in our name. So praise and or ampersand broship and you will find us. <laughs> yeah, we're out there. Um, we really I, genuinely. I really want emails. I want mm-hmm. people asking us questions. I want people telling us their experience and what they think I, I really want that because it's, it's such a, it, it, it's such a vein of conversation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, and, if you email us and you don't want to cast is conversation. Yeah.
1: If you, if you email us, you don't want to use your name or anything. Just tell us that we won't, we'll totally yeah. not use that. That's not or even give us issue. a fake name. Yeah. Fake name is fine too. Uh, I know that usually with emails, <laughs> your name is in the email. Uh, or, you know, in the thing, I'm, I'm old, so I don't even know what that's called, but your name is on the email, you know what I mean? But yeah, we, all of our, all of the links for our socials and our email and also our playlists, our Spotify playlist Mm -hmm. that we have all of the songs that we do on the podcast. Both
0: Christian and secular.
1: Correct. You can search for that on Spotify or just uh, click the link in the show notes. It's called The Praise and Broship Playlist. It's a public playlist on uh, Spotify. has all of the songs. Right now, we're sitting at 3 hours and 21 minutes worth of just the songs. Just the songs. 30, oh, like a, like a typical songs. church service. <laughs> 49 songs in this playlist so far. Check that out. We're keeping you way too long, but that's okay. you stuck around this long. You can stick around a little longer. As you go through this next week, always remember to love your neighbor.
0: As yourself. Bye, y'all. Bye. Yeah, if they're if if they're, if they're annoyed by us rambling, they hate this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to stop.